Welcome to Loving the Snow Life, the podcast where our snow resort obsessed mums talk everything snow. You'll learn stuff including ski school, is it worth it? How to get the best travel deals, what snow gear to buy, sustainability and much more. Some mums love the Kardashians, our mums love ski documentaries. Between them, they've skied 84 snow resorts and they've dragged us to plenty of them. We're not complaining, we love it. Over to you, mums. Hey, Tanil. Hey, Emma. <laughs> How are you? How's it going? Yeah, yeah good. Good. Yeah, we're here to do a follow-up about the Australian ski season during COVID-19. Follow-up to the one we did a month and a half ago, which really looked at the beginning of how it looked when I went down. Yeah, when it was brand new and now they had a couple of weeks to kind of work it out and see everything. And this time my family went down with your family and another, what was there, 10 other people, 12 other people? I think there was like 20 of us or something over two different accommodation yeah, um, yes. places, which so was interesting in itself, right, because we were all in a chalet, a private chalet, so that was we were able to, during COVID-19, relax as one big group and you. Yeah, I, well, I stayed at the Iger chalet, which is on snow at Perisher as well, but it's um, very much restricted by people. You couldn't have anyone outside of the chalet come into the hotel. So it was really, really different for me because the Iger is like such a an amazing kind of atmosphere in the afternoons. You have your Arpe drinks there, you go, you chat to everyone in the bar, the bar's pumping, but there was none of that vibe this year. It was only hotel guests only. I get it, but quite different, quite different. Did it work? It did for the guests, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you went there and you um, knew no different of what, normally happens down at the Iger at the White Spider Bar, then you'd ha- you would have had a lovely time. But because there was a couple of guests there that also were s- sitting beside us going, oh, wow, we missed the upright at 4 o'clock, everyone comes in, has a drink. And then and all the other chalets actually from up in the valley come down there and that's where their meeting point is at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. That's where they get picked up to get taken back to their lodges. So that kind of vibe was really missing. But... You know what? They were open. They had guests, and everyone, the staff, were friendly. So it did work, but sad. <laughs> I, I found we're at the chalet where we were at because we're in the middle of the the mountain. I really forgot that we're in the middle of this COVID nineteen. I the, the the you know there was a lot of reality check once we got as we'll get into when we got onto chairlifts and tea bars and yeah. we started mixing with the public but we were really in the middle of nowhere and we had we had deliberately bought our own food and everything so we didn't have to go in any of these venues but yeah. it was it was a nice forgetting where what we were going through well yeah when we joined you guys up at the chalet like social distanced but out there on the chalet, we yeah, it, you kind of did forget. Whereas when we were down in the hotel, they had to follow all the rules. So there was, um, so at breakfast time, you know, these are bloody first world problems right here. Sorry, but we are talking about skiing. <laughs> um, that the wait the wait staff had to bring your orange juice to you, had to bring your breakfast to you, had to do. So there was a like a, you know, unless you were there early, it might have been quite a little bit of a long wait. So there's a lot of preparation that we felt we had to do this ski season these 
ski resorts are located in mountain areas, mountain communities, regional communities. Yeah. They're rare regional people have settled and they're looking for employment there. And so, you know, it's sort of as definitely a first world problem, but also affecting the local people. Yeah, exactly. It is definitely affecting the local people. I mean, they were they didn't hire half their staff this year, which was, you know, um, like, and that's only one, that's only one hotel. There's another, you know, four major, one one hotel didn't even open this year. One huge commercial op- didn't even open because of the restrictions and because they didn't think that they'd be able to work around what was put on them by the health departments of New South Wales, you know. So even though there was a little kind of tidbit things, but <laughs> but we were skiing at the end of the day and we were getting fed and everyone within the hotel was really, really super pleasant and super conscious of social distancing and how the rules worked within to keep their their lodge opened so they mm-hmm. could do their whole season. So, you know. Yeah, and with a whole livelihood on the line, right? So. Yeah, gosh, yeah. Yeah, they don't want to get, I mean, like you don't want to get a fine if you're doing the wrong thing because as if you can afford a fine when you're actually not making the money that you normally do in a 12-week period, you know, like so like so looking at that, they, they were amazing. It was amazing. It was really amazing. So. Yeah, and we spoke to a couple of the other lodge owners when we were down there, like who run the lodges and who kind of manage the lodges in winter, and they're doing the best that they can do too, actually. They were didn't have as many guests, so they were kind of going, wow, we don't have as many guests. It's quite easy compared to normal. But on the other hand, they had to serve everyone. Like no one could help actually be communal inside the hotel or the lodge itself if there were other people from different areas, whereas you guys hired the whole lodge. So mm-hmm. that made a massive difference because you were all together, which is awesome, which is amazing. Yeah, and, and even little things inside the, the lodge where we were like um, usually they would, <laughs> sounds a bit gross, but apparently they would usually keep the doona, the duvet covers on the bed and you would just go and get fresh sheets and pillowcases, but they would take off the doona covers so you were getting a completely fresh yeah. top and the bottom as well and things like that we were throwing away at the end of the week when we clean the kitchen instead of keeping the cloth said we would throw away the, all the cloths and stuff so okay yeah. so lots of different new rules and you wouldn't have been able to leave food there for the next people probably because that's what they used to do yeah so mm-hmm. lots of like just just new new rules and regulations that you know getting onto that probably the point is that i think maybe those regulations when it comes to skiing need to be written out a bit better like within the lodges themselves I think we all knew the rules they were very well stated and they were very well signposted um going onto the hill itself was a whole nother world do you think yeah oh let's talk about some of the pros and cons there because we there are some really clear ones so we both felt and many other people have felt about the websites themselves were still a little unclear in terms of um, you experienced the night skiing situation. Oh, yeah, the direction. So we went on to the website because my girls love night skiing and we're not an epic pass holder this year. We decided because we ski in Canada, which is not epic, so we didn't buy an epic. First time we haven't bought an epic pass forever really. So we were on the struggle street of the other end of it, like buying tickets. We got our tickets luckily for the days that we were there but and I was like, oh, I think probably in a COVID world we probably have to look and book in to night skiing because it doesn't make sense that we don't. 
got onto the website, had a look. No, you got a day ticket. You can, like, children's day tickets allow them to night ski. And we're even questioning that. Like, we're sitting around at the breakfast table going, that's quite odd, you know. Like, everything else is so kind of structured. Why would we not have to book a night ticket? On the website, did a double check, double check. Okay, you read it, rah, rah, rah. No, girls, it's all good. They get their night skiing. They get dressed. They get everything. They get their the night skiing and they're like, did you book a pass? No, no. So it wasn't clear on the mm-hmm. website at all that you had to book the pass. So, so you, was- and I, you and I are kind of thinking they were, even though they've, they've got a lot of information about COVID-19, they almost need to have a corona or COVID-19, t- ex- like a tab. Absolutely. Tab, right? Yep. With yep. all the things spelt out in there. Yeah, not just on the homepage that has like kind of like wear a mask or whatever. It needs to be frequently asked questions about mm. COVID within the ski resort. And, and and that would stop a lot of the phone calls, I, I would think, or emails coming into the resort. And they should update that continually because questions arise throughout the season as the snow comes, as the snow goes, as whatever else, you know, school holidays, more people. That, mm. that's, an easy, that's an easy fix in my mind. Well, and even when I was trying to book this um, skate tube online yeah. on the website, um, you know, we were understanding that sort of word of mouth that you, usually if you're an Epic Pass holder, there's a different way to book the skate tube, but we understood you had to do it differently. So I was about to book $100 for a one-way Ski tube, uh, which is a lot of money, and I hesitated, thinking, "Really, yeah. do we want to do that?" And then I texted, yeah, and I texted Shara, and she said, "No, it should be twenty-eight dollars." And I had to pretty much say, "I'm looking at this, and and I have a master's degree, and I can't find where to click twenty-eight. <laughs> you know." Um, so anyway, she had to kind of step by step, but that's us, all of us who have been there a million times. What about the people, First maybe? Honest. or even been there five times or you know just brand new like it's not easy to navigate I think that's yeah you know they they yeah I think it needed to be the website's pretty and beautiful and shows people skiing and entices you but really you want information in this type of year you want it written out for you in step step by step like pretty basic you know not basic but just yeah. easy to read, easy to obtain. You don't want to go click, 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 click and get lost. Yeah, well, we're all too busy for that. We've got too much going on. So I just want to quickly, I've, that's right, we've got all these kids, we've got all this stuff going on. Quickly, I've forgotten my ski tube. I want to just quickly buy it. I don't want to have to navigate and find yeah. where it was cheaper for Epic Pass holders. Yeah. Um, and the other thing about the ticketing is that, so we had the Epic Pass, we were fine, we just turned up on the day and clicked through and everything, that was fine. Um, but we're going again next school holidays with some people who, some friends of ours who said, yeah, we'll come with you, they don't have an Epic Pass. And I've looked last night for them and um, so far they can only get uh, one uh, the Friday and then Saturday night, night skiing, and then they can't ski Sunday, possibly Monday. So it's that this is a COVID year ticketing sort of issue. So is it worth it to go down? I don't know. And you do as you, like, you know, the the thing about that is that you're going to miss out on being in the mountains and being in the community and supporting the locals, which you normally would. But 
you know, like it's a long drive for a drink, an expensive drink and eat if you can't get to ski. <laughs> like, or, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, so I don't know. So but that, and, and we couldn't pre-book because you can't transfer tickets. You know, that's another thing. There's a lot of people that were on a lot of the forums saying, I've got a ticket, we're in Queensland, we can't go now, we can't get refunded, how do I transfer it to someone? No option. And so logic, would, logic would tell you that you should be able to just do, I would like that. I would like to say, dear ski resort, I'm in another state that has a border restriction. Yeah. I'd like to transfer it to Foopsie Whoopsie. Um, here's my letter, sign off. <laughs> yeah, well, I know, but it should. those tickets should be able to go back into the pile so your friends can ski. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be maybe that type of, because the restriction on Queensland, when they booked their tickets to come down on school holidays for September, that wasn't there. So how many tickets are not getting used now that your friends from maybe Sydney or outside yeah. of Sydney can actually use or wherever, you know, like um, maybe northern New South Wales, that they can drive down for the school holidays this time that they didn't plan or, you know, up, up from the south coast. But there's a lot of tickets in there that aren't getting used because they can't transfer. Mm-hmm. They've not been able to put back into a system. Yeah. Bit of a mission, I get yeah. it, but but that's yeah. something that could be worked towards, something that that's right. You know, yeah. if they've got that knowledge at Perisher or Threadbow or wherever it is, you know, at the moment because they're the only two resorts and Charlotte's, they're the only resorts that are open. If they've got that knowledge and that's happening, there should be something set in place for that to happen because, like, they are losing money. Like, mm. Even even the local, like the locals up there are losing money and the local accommodation is losing money because people can't buy tickets so they're not getting accommodated. They're not buying their accommodation. But people are yeah. going to go. Yeah. So there's definitely something that needs to be kind of, Thought, a thought process added to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And maybe too late for our ski seasons, but something for North Northern yeah. Hemisphere ski seasons to think about and get your tech guys and girls onto. For yeah, definitely. You know. of, and yeah. then that keeps everyone happy too. Because, they, you know, the Victorians are shut out of their borders. The Queenslanders are shut out of their borders. That's not their... They didn't plan that. That's not their fault. So, you know, it's 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 another different year and I don't know what will happen in, you know, yeah. BC. Like they might shut Alberta border and then people can't go to Whistler from there. You know, I, I'm, I'm unsure of how that would work. But it may happen. We didn't expect it to happen to be this long. Certainly not Victoria. Oh, my gosh, heart goes out to them. Yes, oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. My, um, in terms of face masks, so we had Threadbow that didn't require them, Threadbow Resort. Yeah. And just over the mountain we had um, Perisher that required them as part of Vale. What did you think of them? What did you think of the... Well, like, I get you know, it. I mean, I, I completely understand it because when I go to a shopping centre now in Sydney, I'm wearing a face mask. So I get it. We don't want to take it into the community like into because I don't have great hospitals down there that, I mean... They do, but you know you don't want to you don't want to put a burden on the regional areas if you do have it. So I get wearing the whole face mask. What I didn't get, it was really yeah. It was I think I would invest in a thinner face mask because my cheek my my cheek my face mask was um was too thick for the temperature that we were skiing in. So when we got down to the lift lines, it was really quite hot and it was like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, I don't think I can breathe. They're not really made for basic breathing but because um, you always pull it down in a lift line even if you're in minus 12, I find anyway, you know, or you're in. So, um, yeah. It's funny on that note because it's so true because 
you know, they did say initially, okay, now we're going to bring in face masks, but you can wear your alpine ones, which is yeah. a, a neck tube, right? So yeah. I've got two that are, like you say, that one, and they do, one sits lower, so I had to physically lift it up, and the other one sat higher. But because we had to do a lot of the traversing because yeah. of uh, we are all lined up for first lifts and then we went, oh, that one's open, quickly, quickly bolted over there, you know, uh, puffing. We arrived there puffing going, yeah. and trying to, and then because we um, face masks weren't cotton, it was yeah. full thick turtle fur, whatever you call it. Yeah. Um, and then to be yelled at, put your face mask up. Yeah, when you've just kind of gone, oh my gosh, I'm like, yeah. And the reason why we were doing so much, like, I guess the reason why we 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 were really lucky because we know the mountain really really well, like Threadbow or Perisher or Charlotte's, you know what's what's open. So we knew, oh my gosh, I don't want to stand with those, like uh, twenty uh, it was forty minutes when it opened every morning. Without a doubt, the eight and the four was definitely that because they wouldn't let everyone go up. So we were, I felt like we were longer in the lift line than what we were actually on a chairlift because Australia is short, obviously, right? So we were like, I don't want to stand there for 15, 35, 40 minutes. Let's skate over to the T-bar. And you're right, when we did skate, it was like, okay, let's get there, let's get there, let's get there. And then all of a sudden we're sweating and we got there and it's like to save ourselves from actually standing in a 40-minute lift line, we got yelled at when we got to the T-bar and it was like, oh, God, okay, hold on. Yes, sorry, we'll put it up, but I can't. I'm sweating. So it was all, it was interesting. Yeah, it was. No, that's true. And, and. We did talk about the fact that you have to have a lot of humility and compassion and, of course, all the workers there do or maybe they did but it's the end of the season so they're a bit exasperated now. They're running out of patience. But um, And so it was a bit of like, oh, God, I'm yelled at. But yeah. I have to remember that they've said it a 20,000 times because yeah. they've been saying it for 12 weeks. But what about the person who's... Puffing, and this is their first time in the snow. Their first yeah. time. They might have been puffing. They might not have been puffing to like actually skate away to get the lift crowds. They might have been like just learning to ski and going, oh my gosh! You know how people get really quite hot when they're learning to ski and they're down there and they're like face mask on. Like we got there was a couple of times where you know where people were really really lovely. Can you please put it up? Like safety of us, and we're like, oh yeah. And based on that. We forgot a lot of the time because we were in that group of 20. So What's we, a new habit? New habit. A new habit which we needed to create mm-hmm. and we're not denying that it shouldn't be done because we want to keep the area safe and we want to keep skiing but what we're, what maybe is that it should be said with a little bit more of um, a fun, like tongue in, maybe not, I don't know. I like the ones who just said, could you mask up please, mask up please. I like that. But I didn't like the day that we were standing in the lift and we were <coughs> part of our big group, so we were kind of relaxed and we were chatting. And admittedly, we did forget. Yeah. And the instructor, you know, one or two ahead of us turned around and basically yelled and said, put your mask up. You know you've got to have masks up. And we all went, oh, like we're in trouble. And everyone went silent, you yeah. know, when you're in trouble. And it was like we're all looking at each other going, oh. Oh, yeah. We didn't mean to. We had forgotten. Yeah. No one was doing it out of spite or out of. It was just a friendly reminder might be nice, you know. So maybe maybe mountain staff, customer service, they get a little email or they get a little conversation. Hey, remember that these guys haven't been here before. It's a new habit. 
let's mm-hmm. be a little bit nicer because I felt like, oh, we were getting every lift that we went to, we were kind of, we had our mask on a lot of the time, but people around us and you kept hearing it, you know, it wasn't just always directed at us. It was directed mm-hmm. at a lot of the crowd. And I mean, I think we, we must've got a week. There was fresh snow before we arrived. So that meant a lot of people came. It was perfect weather. So we absolutely nailed it luckily, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of crowds. Like I, I'm not because of the, the rule of not allowing, you know, people in the bubble on the chair to go up to, if you weren't living together, then you couldn't go up together. That was causing 35-minute lift lines. Like we went to Guthaga and the T-bar lift line was out of control. Like, well, it's oh, kind of like oh. one of those um, things that lead to another, isn't it? Because because of that you couldn't go up together if you didn't live together. The lift lines were longer, so, so we're all standing around and then you might have gone, let's go over to that one. So you were skating over there, you were puffed, <laughs> then yeah. you couldn't breathe with your mask and then you got yelled at. So yeah. <clears throat> it's, yeah, and, and then... A couple of us were questioning, like I felt, and I know some of the others did feel that, I don't know, is this very effective with my, that I'm constantly having to touch my face mask, inverted commas, to pull it up. Now I'm taking my glove on my hand and I'm holding onto the T-bar or the chairlift and then I'm touching, touching, touching. Mm. I don't know. I mean, if I was over at Threbo and I wasn't touching my face and everything, it just made me question. I felt like I was more playing the game. Like I'm happy, happy to put it on. I know why. Yeah. Um, happy to do it. I'm playing the game. That's why I want to ski. Um, yeah. yeah. So but if you don't have that master and you don't have it down and up, you won't have so much touching of T-bars or chairlifts or your, and then back to your face. And that's the whole thing, isn't it? Is that people are trying us not to touch things and touch our face because that's how it's spread. And mm. also they're telling us that, you know, you need to be social distanced and out of the line, you know, the reason why we're not riding on chairlifts together is because it's the time frame that you're spending with someone. But I felt like we were spending more time in a lift line than what we were, would have been on a lift. So there's, I think there's lots of things that need to be maybe, you know, the people instead of checking that you're the person on the right ticket, they should be maybe looking at adjusting the gate sometimes when there's a big bigger crowd so you're not standing in the lift line for... That, I know. A couple, so, I know a couple of times that the rolling, rolling changes. Not yeah, just could roll if there's more people in that lift line. Open up another gate, go through because there's four people that can go on the chairlift together there. You know, yeah. like that. A couple of times. I don't know if you did this because I know that some of the other guys and I did it where we were standing. We were on our own, so it was me. And then there was no one else around apart from a stranger. Now, technically, we shouldn't have gone up together, but. I had my mask up. That person had their mask up. They sat on the extreme left. I sat in the extreme light right of the chairlift. We got on. We just kind of like silently acknowledged that <laughs> we're one and a half metres apart. I kind of faced right. They fa- faced left. We didn't speak. We got off. We skied left and right. And I felt that was okay. I just thought I'm going to use common sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that wasn't actually allowed. Yeah, I know. In and the- I did it only once or twice. Yeah. Well, I'm a rule follower, so I would never have done that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But, you know, in, in New Zealand, they've just introduced that, which is kind of cool, is that you can go up the chairlift now if you've got a mask on and you're not in your home bubble or your friendship bubble. So it makes more sense, you know. So mm. I, I think flexibility needs to occur throughout the season and not I, I get that they've got the rules, let's follow the rules, but 
there needs to be conversations with New South Wales Health maybe that if we've got a lift line that's longer than 20 minutes now, how do we make it better to get them up the hill because they're on a lift for four minutes as opposed to standing in a line for 25, 40 minutes, which is where they say it's spreading the coronavirus. So maybe conversations need to happen a little bit more about timing and lift lines as opposed to timing on a lift. What's shorter? Mm, and you're out in the open air as well. You know, yeah. you can. Yeah, I just, I don't know if it's about that though because it's corona survives mm-hmm. in cold. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. There's lots of little things. We're, we're not by, by no means are we health experts. <laughs> But we only know what we're being told and what was going on on the snow, you know. So, and that that again leads to people questioning why, why, which leads to a little bit of anxiousness, which leads to, oh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know how much the vibe was ruined by the face mask, but it was definitely a talking point the whole time we were there. Yeah, well, I'm in terms of eating, um, that was that was the biggest impact, in my yeah. opinion, because it was okay for us. We we brought our own food and we anticipated that we went over to air and we ate in the open air a couple of times. That was yeah. fine. Everyone spread out. That worked. Over at Blue Cow, um, that orange was it a donut van that was closed. Oh, yeah. That would have been brilliant to keep yeah. open. People would have sat separately in the sunshine. Yeah. And that would have, marquees would work really well for that, like big tents with heaters like they have, you know, the one over in, um, you know, they've got in Utah. and The one they, in Sundance, I think it is. Uh, or there's like, yeah, but they do. They it's And it's an easy fix where people can, because, again, like waiting for 40 minutes in a line, hmm. people are social distance but not much for water. Like for we water, were, yeah, we you have to really be scared. Sometimes, like, I mean, we, we were so used to it being the old way that we weren't prepared for it, I would say, that we needed yeah. to go. The next day we certainly were. We carried water, we carried snacks, we carried everything. But that takes away the moolah from the mountains and the start in the regional areas as well, you know. Well, I think you have to really be prepared, especially if you have young kids. I, I felt having Billy there who was seven She's still at that age where she, no matter how many times I would say, can you please tell me when you need to go to the toilet and not when, not just, oh, my God, I'm busting right now. I can't hold on. Yeah. Um, I was having to anticipate at age seven and a half when she wanted to go to the toilet because there was lines for the toilet okay. and things like that. And yeah. when she suddenly says I'm thirsty, um, you, there was no spontaneity. I'm no, sorry. no, you couldn't, go, you couldn't just okay. jump in, stop and go, you know, get quick, get a drink of water and get back on. Like it was, there was all these, you know, and we kind of knew that was coming our way, but we didn't expect it to be 40 minutes, 25 minutes. We thought maybe five minutes. Like mm-hmm. we thought expectations weren't quite met, I think. It should be a little bit more honest feedback coming through. <laughs> like, um, Yeah, so, but it was... I would say that, you know, that was probably annoying the most about the ski holiday is that it wasn't spontaneity. It was everything you had to plan. <laughs> yeah, which was, which was like we're all planners and there's yeah. lots of text before our trip about yeah. this, that and the other. So we were we were okay in that way. Yeah. We're planners, plan to deathers. 
Yeah, but yeah, if you're sort of jumping in the car or you, there are things you weren't anticipating, like for example, the um, car parking situation, because usually you could fill up that purpose built car park at the bottom of the ski tube and catch the ski tube up. And because of social distancing and masks and the price changes, a lot of people were saying all too hard and jumping in their car. And, mm-hmm. and I have never seen the car park that long in the, the queue and going up the hill. Though, wasn't it? Like, we, I mean, we've done seasons down there and we've done everything, but the car, like, but they're saying to us that the numbers are down. Like they've halved the numbers because of, well, not half. I don't know what the numbers are now. I haven't, it's hard to find that information. But for the people on the mountain and the people in the car park, it was like, had they really have the numbers? Because it was so, like people were parking down Smiggins. We were lucky. We stayed in Cooma overnight, right? And then we got up at 6 o'clock in the morning and went to Cooma and went, went oh, we'll just have brekkie up at Perisher and wait for the lifts to open. So we got there at 8. But Darren drove back down the hill to park the car down at the ski tube and he said by the time he went driving down the hill, the cars were all the way back to like the ski tube terminal. I thought, oh. We didn't even mm. plan that. We just thought, oh, we'll get there early. But apparently it, that's just the norm now. Like it might it might relax now again because it's spring, but school holidays, it'll come up again, you know. But mm. it's something that by taking that ski tube pass off the epic pass, that created that drama. And I don't think that needed to be created thinking about solutions. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because we're talking about all these things and we have the luxury of, thinking whether they worked or not and these poor resorts that have got to plan ahead yeah it's like anything it's like planning a party and then sitting back the next day going what worked and what didn't and we're the ones sitting here doing that but I, so I think they're doing a brilliant job overall it's just all these teething problems yeah. that north the northern hemisphere can take into their seasons and learn from us unfortunately yeah, so do like kind of like wrapping up do you think it was successful what they did Yes, I think it yeah. was well worth it. I know a heck of a lot of people that said, I'm going to forget about this year and just try again next year. I'm glad we didn't do that because once once we were in the mountains and skiing and admittedly when we were down there, we got brilliant conditions. So yeah. I don't regret that. And also the problem is, not the problem, but, you know, your family and mine, we are used to doing really difficult things to get yeah. our spy life. Like we will do whatever it takes, like, you know, it's like two years ago going from Australia to America on our frequent flyer points. Well, we flew to Dubai and then went over the, um, we went over the North Pole and yeah. then drove from LA to Utah. We do hard things all the time. That's how we live. Yeah. Um, so it's a, I'm probably not a very good person to ask because I kind of, doesn't everyone do crazy stuff like that, don't they? But, yeah, no. <laughs> but, um, but no, yes. So it, it was worth it and, you know, uh, like I said, I'm happy to play the game. I'll put my face mask on. I will bring yeah. my own food. I've got to try and anticipate my daughter's toilet needs. Yeah. But I don't know for the average person. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I know it's true. I, find, I, I reckon it was a great success because we got to ski. So at the end of the day, I got my days in the mountains, which makes me happy, my happy place. Um, I just think I just wish I had been more prepared for no spontaneity, which is, you know, what comes along with a holiday, which comes along with that. But 
they how do you prepare that when you've got a mountain to run you know and you don't know with the snow you know like one of the biggest things I found is that we didn't have a really good snow season right they made so much snow a perisher so amazing they didn't have to do that they're not making a lot of money this year they still pumped out the snow making so we could ski that's amazing I think that's successful that we got that you know and and put away all the little oh my gosh they're going to serve you they're going to do that we still had the most amazing week skiing and to the best of their ability but I think well hopefully they listen and things get changed there are only little things that they have to change which we think maybe they're massive in the scale of things but that's right that's right and and I think you know to wrap up would come back again to communication, 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 Absolutely. all being on the same page, communication and uniform, you know, to just to kind of, I remember like, I mean, do they still have those meetings with the ski ski instructors? Like when we were working in Capron, we'd have the, yeah. the, the meeting every morning and they'd be like, happy, happy, happy to yeah, all the, yeah. yeah. So maybe yeah. they could say patience, 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 everybody, yeah. highly happy face about the masks. And honestly, I think that's probably the thing of maybe like the supervisors and everyone in, in, in each division is that they need to remind the guys, hey, you know, this is their first week, especially, you know, they might have not been to the snow for four years, but they've booked this. Don't yell at them. Don't just express gratitude that you're in the mountains. Thanks for coming, guys. Put up your masks. Not put up your masks. Like we seriously, Teddy and I like, yell that. Like anyway. But we were Yeah, and you know it's it, it's true. It's like school teaching when you first do your um parent teacher interviews, the older teachers say to the ones who don't have kids now, remember, these children are someone's darlings. Somebody <laughs> loves them very much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even if they're a rat bag, they're somebody's darling. Yeah. So maybe that kind of sentiment. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. But it would like in all, mate, we had the pleasantries that outweighed the the, the yelling. Yeah. But <laughs> if we had had, I don't know, not the weather that we had, not the snow that we had, maybe someone yelling at you would have sent you over the edge. <laughs> and gone, I'm never coming back. But, no, it was, I mean, and it's quite funny because Threadbow didn't have masks. The conversation that I had with the guys that went skiing at Threadbow, this wasn't even an issue. So. I don't know. It's funny, isn't yeah. it? But yeah, be prepared is what I would say. Book ahead. Book everything ahead. Don't don't try and have a beer at eleven thirty in the day because it'll take you forty minutes to have that beer. Yeah, buy a camel pack of water for your child. Yep. Got water streaming in. Take your own tissues. Yeah. Take a little Mars bar or some snacks in their pocket. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just ask them if they need to go to the toilet a lot. Um, maybe have a thinner face mask. Definitely have a thinner and, face mask. Like definitely, I, I left my thin one at home because it was saying that the weather was going to be minus six, you know. But it was at the top. But when we got down to the bottom and we're waiting in those lift lines, it was really white. It was really warm. <laughs> but yeah. But apart, like honestly, to sum up the a COVID ski season for me, we got to ski. Amazing. I just need to be. I just needed to be a little bit more open-minded about it wasn't going to be the same <laughs> yeah I would say tick COVID tick COVID season tick yep yeah definitely definitely but yeah what was your favorite run Emma and- Kamikaze yeah Kamikaze and Rock Gardens that was really good 
Yeah, me too. That snow in there was divine for those couple Mm. of days. That was, yeah, definitely one of my favourites. But, yeah, Yeah. loved it. Good to go on a ski holiday with you, Emma. Yeah, good one. We'll do it again. Thanks for listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. If you've learned a handy tip or two, then happy days. To catch all our episodes, subscribe on iTunes. It's free. Head over to www.lovingthesnowlife.com.au for more info and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Loving the Snow Life. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, then email us on our website. Thanks to everyone who leaves a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to share our episodes on your social media.